Welcome to Off the Bench with Danny Cannell. Danny Cannell. Back to throw and Raja Bell. It's all the future of football right before your eyes. Just yell it out, man. He can't guard me. What is going on? Welcome to Off the Bench with Danny Cannell and Raja Bell. Uh, welcome to the show. We got a big one for you. LeBron is giving out advice. NBA players as media moguls. Pitchers and catchers reports. We'll talk a little baseball oh. with Raja Bell. It's always fun. Steve <laughs> Kerr let his players coach, but. Happy Valentine's Day, everybody. Aww, happy Valentine's Day. Valentine's Hannah, Day. happy Valentine's Day. Debo, happy Valentine's Day. Thanks, guys. To the, to, all right, so we have <laughs> half the show is married. Yep. Half the show is single. Ooh. Big plans for the single players out here, the players. Huge plans. Huge. Yeah. Because it actually is a good night to go out. Like, are Disagree. you guys going out? Wednesdays are not good days. It's oh, Tuesdays I totally and Thursdays. Wednesday, Wednesday Downtown Fort Lauderdale used to be a great night to what? go out. Yeah. I'm not about Hammer that downtown. Oh. Downtown Lauderdale. Hard pass. Hard pass on downtown Fort Lauderdale, like most days, let alone on a Wednesday. Right. That's I would like think, though, day. I would think, too, if you're a girl, it could be a miserable night. Like, if you don't want to get fired on, like, it would be every It's, like, dude. embarrassing to go out, I think, like, with your girls on Valentine's Day and, like, not have any set. Like, just go, like, belly up to the bar with your girls on Valentine's Day is embarrassing, yes, I yes. think. And you're just setting yourself up. I like also just, like, don't care. I'm right. just going to stay home. <laughs> All right. So, Debo, Debo, no plans? Ah. All right. What about, what Wait, about, what happened to the, what happened to the girl you went on a date with? Did you get another one? No follow up. No what follow-up? do you guys think? <laughs> After saying. you almost passed out? Yeah. I think, I, like, I would have found that endearing. She did not. <laughs> <laughs> so Debo's riding solo tonight. Are uh, the married dudes? You got plans tonight? No, nah, I got to coach a basketball game tonight. Oh, my that's wife, so romantic. yeah, right. My wife's gonna come to the game and bring the boys to the game. See, I already got Valentine's Day in the can. The couple's massage on Sunday. Oh, did it. Ooh, yeah, so that's it's already a good done. Move. I gifted yesterday though, like flowers and all of that. I did it yesterday because I got to hit. Uh, I got to hit the store on the way home. Yeah. That's <laughs> the one good thing about getting early, get up, get out. Yeah. So now I'll get it on the way home. Are you? Are you a classes. florist? Are you like a floor? Are you like? All right, so can a girl tell the difference between something I get at, like, Publix? Yes. No, but I mean, like, Publix has some I'm good arrangements sometimes. CBS. Sometimes they get good I, arrangements. I personally don't think it matters. I'm, I'm probably the worst person to ask because, like, I don't get a ton of, like, gifts like that. Uh, so when I do, I just, like, appreciate it. I don't care if it's, like a, like, a tiny little chocolate bar. Who cares? What if it's the side of the street guy? That's that. even cooler. Yeah, see? That's even cooler. And I mean, that's like, isn't that like local, local stuff? It's yeah. like spur of moment, like <laughs> sure. small business. It doesn't like, matter. Just like as long as you don't totally forget the day. Yeah. All know. right. So since it's Valentine's Day, <laughs> we have a new segment that we're going to roll out for you. It is called Like It, Love It, or Hate It. Okay. Love and one of the reasons we came up with it is because I told you guys a story about my daughter where she loves saying this. Dad, I don't like you. I love you. That is the cutest <laughs> thing ever. She loves it. She thinks she's hilarious when yeah. she says it. I couldn't get her to do, do the dramatic pause. I was trying to like get her to have some <laughs> flair to it. Right. But that's as good as we could get. And then we also had added, added in a hate it to it uh, as well, just so you have another option. So, little Olympics. Have you guys been in, dialed into the Olympics? Yeah. Uh, no. You have Hannah. Yeah, I mean, just because it's so, it's so, it's so fun to pay attention to, it's like a distraction from normal life, right? Yeah. And it's happening at all the oddest hours. So, like, you know, when you wake up and look at your phone, it's like you, you missed everything in your sleep. <laughs> yes. So I've had it on, like, kind of as background. Like, all day, I'll put it up on NBC Sports, I'll put it on and just kind of have it. I'll, all like curling was on yesterday, and that caught my eye. Sweet. The Russian, curling is amazing. The Russian mixed pairs. The girl was smoking hot, so I was like, "I'll check her out." Yes, in yes. curling, and they're like a young. The dude Sorry. is actually I'm really screaming. good looking. Oh, like they were a good looking <laughs> couple. Stand by. So I was <laughs> watching them go at it. Um, but I, so I'll watch it, and then for me, like I need to see, and this I think is like America. Like I think you need to recognize names and faces. So Chloe Kim, we had heard a lot about her, so I was watching her. Sean White last night was big story. So snowboarding seems like it's become. Bro, wait a minute. What? Did you just say this girl was smoking hot? Yes. Probably compared to like the other ones. (laughs) No, no, no. It's these ones. They say they called her the Russian Angelina Jolie. Yes. Thank you. And she looks like a spy. Totally looks like a spy. That's a better picture. That's an exotic. I actually, I actually posted. Oh, Oh, yeah. Yeah, Okay. Yes. Thank you. All right. Thank you. How do you say that? Don't question my. I feel like my ability. The first picture was not. Was not like. 
How do you say her last name? I feel like as an Estopchuk, I should be able to say these things. Yeah, you should be able to. Briskalova? Yeah. Sounds good. All right, we'll go with that. All right, so back on track here, back to the podcast. <laughs> so as snowboarding has really become like the official sport Yay. of the first couple nights, like it, love it, or hate it. Is love there, it. Is there something below hate it? <laughs> oh, really? No, like, don't. I'm, I'm, I like it. No, I like it. I like it. I like this. I mean, the, the young. The Do you young, snowboard? Uh, hell no. It's hard. It's like, hard. It is right, so hard. Hold on. Do you ski? Yeah, do I you tried ski? to ski. Uh, <laughs> like it was always like a dangerous thing because in your contract, if you get hurt skiing, yeah. um, you got some trouble. But like I was so off the reservation my last year in Utah that I like I called all my buddies, their wives. We were living in Mike Doliak's house, like up near Snowbird, and and like beautiful ski resort. So I was like, Yo, let's just do a ski weekend. So everybody came. I was like 12 of us. I was like, F it. I'm skiing. This is the team? This is No, this is like all my buddies from oh, college, okay. all my wife's friends. And so we do this big blowout ski weekend. Um, and I go to try to ski for the first time on these bunny slopes. And it was ridiculously <laughs> I would, hard. I would pay and, to and see you do this. It was so hard and so scary for me because I've never been on like <laughs> snow like that. Not being able to stop or control, like I, I, it was not fun yeah, for me. Yeah, yeah. You fries. keep your wedge, had, you go with yeah. your wedge, pizza and I was like, I had pizza so hard that I would like, like cross my skis. If and, like, you don't, if you don't <laughs> ski as a kid, I think it's one of the hardest sports to pick up as an adult yeah. because it's, it is a freaky experience. I like, went once when I was 21 and I broke my tailbone. And <laughs> you broke your tailbone? <laughs> we'll never go again. I got issues. No, it is. It is a Wait, scary you... sport. Yeah, I didn't love it. So I got respect. Hey, look, anybody in that, you know, in those, on the snowboard, snowboards, it, in those half pipes. No, but I had respect that. Oh, yeah. Like that's an insane thing to be that high in the air doing 720s and, and like it's pretty dumb. It was pretty cool, I thought, to see Sean White come through under pressure. Because he had to have the third run. So in the first run, he laid down. He nailed it. Second run, he fell. And then he needed a, a almost close to perfect score for the third run to win the gold. And he actually did. And I love to see greatness rise to the occasion. Like if LeBron hits a game-winning shot, sure. MJ used to hit a winning shot. That was the equivalent of seeing a superstar and Chloe Kim, who pretty much dominated uh, she's her, amazing. Her snowstorm. Uh, she's well. she's a cutie too, like a sweetheart of a girl, right? Like mm-hmm. got a little bubbly personality. And like, she's, like I think this is so 2018. She's tweeting during the conversation. No, so like so cool. Like yeah. just About like what, food, what up? Food, which yes. makes her so yeah. lovable. Yeah, saying right. that she was hangry. Had you guys heard of that term? Yeah. I heard it about a month ago. <laughs> hangry. Yeah. Had it's you like heard, when you're an angry, it? hungry. Yeah. Isn't that angry. like the Snickers commercials? Yeah, but they definitely stole it from like. Chloe Kim. Millennials. They <laughs> <laughs> probably did. Did you guys have any problem? Because apparently Sean White was getting crushed online for the way he was holding the flag. I really? didn't see it. No, I guess I he was like it. stepping on it. I think it was like one of those in the sheer passion of the moment. He probably didn't realize it. Like I don't think he was stepping on the flag on purpose. I don't, I don't but see But there that were as... some people that were very upset about that. All right. So I, I like it. Yeah, hate what, it. No, I didn't hate it. I love it. it. I, re- I recalibrated. I, I like it. I is it your it. go-to sport to watch though during the Olympics now? Yeah, I think so. number one. Yeah, because I recognize the names and face, like the names and faces. Ain't so nobody I, I, watching the damn Winter Olympics. Yeah, Come on, what the hell? Stop. Stop. And the, the, the ratings are struggling. Stop. All right, next one up: Notre Dame versus the NCAA. So they had a academic issue. Uh, a few years ago when you might remember Everett Golson was actually left and went to junior college and then came back. He had to sell a year, but six players were, uh, suspended. So their president wrote a sternly worded letter, John Jenkins. He called the whole process perverted. Uh, they vacated 12 wins from 2012. It was the season actually when they went to the championship game and they went undefeated, lost yep. Alabama, vacated 21 wins total. Uh, because two players competed while ineligible due to academic help from a trainer, the NCAA, so he called the whole prof- process perverted. Like it, love right. it, or hate it for him calling out the NCAA. Uh, love it, but who cares? <laughs> the, yeah, this like, story is confusing me. All I mean, right, so here's what, here's where I think. So, the, so he appealed this process, and the NCAA said, no, we're not, we're not giving you back your wins. Mm-hmm. First of all, wins occurred whether you like it or not. Like, they went undefeated that right. season. It, it it's happened. A, it's a stupid process. Right. I love him calling out the NCA for it uh, because it is dumb, and the NCA said no. But here's the thing, and this is where I think Notre Dame has a, a right to be frustrated. They police themselves more than probably any other school in the entire country. They report themselves. Nah, they dog. say we nope. hold ourselves nope. to a higher standard. I don't care. Nope. And we're getting punished nope. for it. Nope. <laughs> nope. You don't care? Nope. 
you can't. There's no policing yourself, bro. There's none of that. You can't. No. <laughs> so if you're no. So, so what if you're Notre Dame? Do you change your standards so that you don't get hosed like this again? Look, your standards can be what your standards are, and you can police yourself to the umpteenth degree. That doesn't mean there's not still someone there policing you for you, right, and for everyone else. Right. Because if if I learned anything about the NCAA and and not the institution of the NCAA, but the the member schools, mm-hmm. you can have all of these scruples, ethics, and and character that you want until it really, 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 really means something to you. And it's that one situation where you're willing to bend just a little bit. Right. And if you don't have that that overseeing governing body there to hold you accountable for those moments, then this is just a wild, wild west. It's chaos. So I no, agree. So here's- I agree that Notre Dame is 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 you know in terms of self reporting and all of that, they're probably leader in the clubhouse. You still have to have an entity there that'll hold them accountable. Like so, agreed. But they're not. They're saying we're getting punished. For being that strict school. So what? What do you mean being punished for being the strict school? What do you? Because nobody else would have found out about this unless like they, they reported, reported it themselves. It. No, no. Other school might have been reported, but they're not going to. Notre Dame does. Right. So your point. Notre Dame self-reported this infraction. Yeah. yeah. And then they got penalized for it. Yeah. Didn't shut your mouth. So <laughs> I think, but I'm if I'm Notre Dame moving forward, I'm like I'm not reporting. Anymore. Why would you? I that's hate taking away because the they held do their up, job. Because that's one of the things they pride themselves in is holding themselves to a higher. You, over, you overthought that one, Notre Dame. All I, so the academic trader was, a, and they tried to say because it was a part-time employee, it didn't really represent Notre Dame standards. I got help all the time from people, and you know what's even worse, more so than student athletes, because I think student athletes get pegged in a bad life. You know who cheated their, you know what, off? Fraternities, sororities, sure. oh, all everyone. helped each other. Literally everyone in college. T- uh, well, that was like yes. the best thing I did was go to the sorority, like the girls that were in my classes, and kind of get close to them. Buddy, buddy. And then got access to what they had. Because they had every old test so you could study them. And yet they never get held to any standard. The NCAA right. never looks into what they're doing. I Florida State's Sorry, 1993 national championship is going to be vacated no, tomorrow. No, statute <laughs> of limitations is okay. Uh, I remember Syracuse, or Bayheim got his wins taken away for Fab Mello, who was who was cheating. God rest R. his R. soul. R.I.P. Yeah. But yeah, like I feel like that happens to so many people. And it's I so didn't dumb. see a single win during my entire Penn State career. That's right. You did not win. Witness them. That's right. Because they Joe didn't Pichano. happen. They right. didn't happen. It's, if Reggie Bush didn't win the Heisman, like they're, the vacating wins is the stupidest punishment there ever. Is. I it think it's stupid. Does, lo- it, does it really matter? No. I love it for Notre Dame. Like I, I love a good fight. So attack the NCAA all you want. But like real talk, in the big scheme of things, the point is the wins already happened. NCAA back up. Notre Dame, get off your high horse a little bit. Get yeah. your hands dirty with the rest of us. <laughs> Maybe don't report your, your stuff so much. All right. Next one <laughs> up. <laughs> Next one. Like it, love it, or hate it. Johnny Manziel making a comeback. Love it. I love this. Love it. What? You're, right. you're thinking about it? What uh, yeah, do you I think? Am. All right. So he was, he was out on Monday as part of this tour, this comeback tour. Mm-hmm. He was on GMA. He was on part of my take. He's making this press uh, kind of tour to kind of state his case. Came out and said he's bipolar. Said he's self-medicated with alcohol. Said he's now that he's properly medicated, he's got his life in order. I like it. The reason I don't love it is I need to see it for a longer period of time that he is clean, that he's healthy, that he means it. No, 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 no. You're, All right, well, you're looking well, at this from the wrong like, <laughs> side. No. I think I think step one, this is good. I want him to be on that L'Oreal commercial where he's like, everyone deserves a comeback. Um, and if he does, <laughs> he'll 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 get that. But I'm, I'm telling you, I have talked to him in person, and he is a guy who knows what to say to get you to believe him. Of course, dude. And I need to see a longer period of he's legit, he really wants to, to change, he has changed. Where And I hope he gets his opportunity. I hope he does play. But I'm very concerned that he's doing this to get another opportunity. You can look at it one of two ways, right? Either way, we win. If he comes back and he's the champion for bipolar um, and and mental health, mm-hmm. and and he can rehab, comes back, is a is a viable NFL player, has rehabbed his whole image. Like that's a win for mental health and the stigmas mm-hmm. that are attached to it in terms of like specifically sports in America, you know. And there are a lot of guys in locker rooms. Um, and I had this conversation with my agent the other day. They're doing a special on it, uh, or they're doing a show about it with like um, anxiety and depression and just the stigma attached to these big, strong athletes and their reluctancy to admit mental health issues. Yeah. So that's a win if he comes back and he's rehabbed, not to mention what it means for him right, right. and his mm-hmm. family. 
But if it should go wrong, and he is a con man of sorts, and he's saying all the right stuff, and the train goes back off the rails, that's fantastic too. <laughs> like, I mean, it's amazing TV, right? Way, like, you're gonna. That's like, one way to look at it. If this guy comes back and he cons America into giving him another chance. <laughs> And he probably well, he's not is going to con America. He's got to con a team. Well, a to team, give him a chance. But, but I, mean, I think he's going to have to go to Canada, and I think he thinks he's going to get an NFL chance. Don't forget, he's done this. He's actually yeah, do done the think... bipolar. He's done rehab. Right. He's done that route before. And but he also has uh, a domestic violence issue in his oh, past. Dude, this, he has a lot of. This history can't that be bad. It can't be from. bad. It's going to be like I, I'm must all watch about TV. second chances. I'm all about third chances if he really has changed. Right. And I hope he has. But I want to see it some more. All right. Next up, Eagles. They could go into the season without an offensive coordinator. Frank Reich moved on to the Indianapolis Colts. John DeFilippo moves on to the Minnesota Vikings. They're saying, hey, Doug Peterson calls our plays. We don't need an offensive call, uh, play caller. So do you like it, love it, or hate it? I like it. Um, I kind of love it, but I like it because doing two jobs um, for NBA, NFL, NHL, MLB teams is tough. Like doing one job is tough. Doing two jobs – um, and so if you're not going to hire someone to do that OC, I know Doug Peterson was calling the plays, but being an OC comes with its own set of responsibilities aside from play calling. Right. It adds a lot to everybody's job title. Sometimes that can throw stuff off a little bit. But to the point you make a lot about old school traditional thought, we have to have it this way. Right. Like they're stepping outside of that, right? They're, they're just saying, hey, we don't have to do it like that. We can roll the dice here, promote some people, give some See, that's people. What, that's the question I have, Debo. You're dialed in. You're the Eagles guy. Are they going to – have a play caller or a, an offensive coordinator in name, either Deuce Daly, the running back coach, or Mike Rowe, or are they just going to have that position open? I think it's going to be vacant. See, but that I would I would say I hate it. Why not elevate one of those guys who have been on the team and, and in order to get them a pay well, rate? And one. if you're talking about Deuce Daly, who is African-American, you could elevate him to offensive coordinator so that next year – if you have a successful season, then you could have another African American qualified. Good point. I hate coach. it. <laughs> See, but like, I why, hate what, it. What, like, I think that makes <laughs> a lot of sense. It like, do, no, it does. Let's elevate. It does. And you can kind of, if either of those guys are not qualified yet, like it'll help them in that process. Like, give them an opportunity. Yeah, but how do you like? It, and you're kind of holding. Who's their been hand. there longer? Oh, that's a good question. Like, I mean, how do you between like, those two? You got great chemistry on the staff. I'm just co- playing devil's advocate. Even have them co-op. Th- that's it. That's yeah. a, that's an Deuce has been around a while. That's what I would think too. Played for the team back in the day too. Right. Uh, so uh, we'll see. So that's the reason I think that, I think you should elevate from within. All right. LeBron James is doling out advice as he often likes to do. He has told EF not even advice. It's really a mandate to Trey Young, superstar at Oklahoma, who has struggled as of late. His game has kind of struggled. Uh, been a little bit rough lately. They've lost. LeBron James, quote, he better go pro. He said, what decision? That ain't no decision. That's like saying me waking up this morning. That ain't no decision. Brushing my teeth. That ain't no decision. That's he decision. better go pro. Like <laughs> so it, love it. That's the definition of a decision, bro. Like it, mean? love it, or hate it. <laughs> like, of course you have a decision when you brush your teeth. Or you, it's ridiculous. So, his mandate to Trey Young, like it, love it, or hate it. You're so right, though. <laughs> like, that's a conscious decision. Yeah. I love it, though. I love it. You, uh, you got to go. There's not. I, we, I talked about this at length. People are probably sick of hearing it. There is no reason, not one single reason, that you could tell me that kid should stay on campus, barring some kind of catastrophic injury, like knock on wood for the kid over the next. I don't know how many games he's got left and NCAA games. Get out. Get while the stock is high, especially a guy his size that you can really lock in on. You can throw big rangy athletes at him, make his life miserable. They're trying to, they're doing it now to some degree as these teams game plan better and they get a feel for what he wants to do. Um, his size doesn't speak to like being able to play that way in the NCAA where there's way more like fouling and stuff. Like that's not good for him. Leave now while the iron's hot strike. What if he, what if he was projected outside of a lottery pick? Would that change for you? Like what? Like what? What if what he was, number, what if like he was where? picked at twenty? What if he was projected to go in the twenties? Yeah, twenties. I you, you could would make still a case. say come out. Or you no, would say go no, twenties. I'd make a case for staying, but there's no chance. Yes, there's not. There's like a zero percent chance, and and I don't think, quite frankly, LeBron would be saying that to him if there was any feeling or indicator that he'd Again, be in the I think we talked about this with other guys with Sam Darnold coming out. You have to approach it as a business decision. You may love, love college, and it sucks. I hate that players are forced to make this decision. Yeah. But you have to make the best business decision, even though you're young, and you have to protect yourself. All right. Like it, love it, or hate it. LeVar Ball says Lonzo. I hate that we even do this. I need to know y'all's opinion on this. Lonzo won't resign with the Lakers. 
if they don't sign his brothers. I love it. No, oh, no, really? Joe, no, no. I, I, I listen. You know, I've had my. I like I like the Ball family. Um, I think that he's a good dad. He's lost me on this one. Like this is a bad look. This he, I hate he, this. This is he should have lost you like eighteen. Nah, crazy dog. Comments, like I, I I I respect the way the dude like has raised he's his kids. Lost it. He's like and, and not not necessarily what happened in, in, with the China situation, but like you know you, you you've created like. I feel like because he's a black man, I do, and I'm going to say this. I feel like because he's a black man, we look at him a little different. If you got a loud mouth, like CEO of Apple or somebody like that pushing their product, saying outlandish stuff, and the product winds up being something, and they build this brand out of pure mouth, like it's celebrated as like entrepreneurship. And because he's built this brand and he's done it in a way, like I do feel like there's something to that. So I am not like off of him unless – He's saying some really, really – like, he just put the Lakers franchise in a really bad situation with his son. Your son has well, – Okay, so here's – here's because I totally agree with you. Yeah. I, and I think it is very polarizing because of, because race is in the issue. I think you can separate the two. I think he was a really good father, and he was – and he gave a lot of time to his, which, unfortunately, sometimes you don't see a lot. And for whatever right. reason, there is a stereotype of that, you know, the, the African-American dad – yeah. Does not give that and devote that much time. So I think it's great that he did that. But you can also be an awful manager slash agent. But I don't think he was. I think the comment about the comment about Luke Walton losing the team that anyone could could have said that at that time. That that was like if you watched them play at that time, it didn't look like they were playing hard for Luke. And while you may not want your agent necessarily saying that, I didn't think that that was really that bad this is just me personally i didn't think that was bad that's just someone giving an observation of like they don't look like those guys are playing for luke when you start putting like my son won't resign with the lakers unless you sign his two brothers that's when you step whatever the line is that i'm trying to articulate you stepped over it now yeah. that that has put that franchise in a really awkward situation what do you mean you're what? holding us hostage your son your son hasn't he hasn't like he's been on the pot and ain't pissed yet like, right. what are you talking about? He He's – like, we drafted him on faith. This was a, a futures type of deal, and he hasn't lived up to it as of yet. That That's when you've crossed that line that you're that you're explaining, when you're your business manager or your agent. All the rest he's of it was – He's harming your career. He's harming your career now. Before that, it was kind of like laughy, jokey, like everyone's talking about it. This now has put you in a situation where you got to go like that. You just got me traded, bro. So here's the thing. LeVar Ball – says crazy stuff without consequence. That's why he keeps saying crazy stuff. This one's too far. Do you think it will actually matter? Because yeah. do you think the Lakers actually I do. think he's serious? I think this one matters. Yeah. Here, and that's where I, that's been my biggest problem with the VAR. It is not the way he raised his kids. It's the impact he's having on Lonzo's career. And I think he's, I think uh, from the get-go, I think he's harmed it. And I think if LeBron James is seriously considering the Lakers, I guarantee you he does not want to play with this circus. No, And not it, Lonzo, it's his dad. And I want to be clear, like, I don't know that everything he's done as a manager has been great for Lonzo's career. It's been great for their brand. Right. And he's he's essentially wearing two hats. He's the CEO of the Big Baller brand and he's Lonzo's agent. They're like two different things. He's One Chris of them, Jenner. Yeah. So yeah, so is. while everything may not have been great for Lonzo's career necessarily, it was all promoting the brand and all getting brand exposure and and that is entrepreneurship 101. Like that's what you you're doing in today's social media market, right? You're just mm -hmm. you're getting clicks, you're drawing buzz, you're doing that. But this one has hurt all of it. Yeah. It's hurt all of it and you know, the Lakers have to be sitting back now wondering, like, to your point, will LeBron want to come here and deal with this crazy stuff? Um, you can't you can't be – if you're Magic Johnson, this this weekend in L.A. was – it's it's the, it's the everything to, to what you're trying to put together there. You've got the All-Star game in Los Angeles. It's your weekend. Like, it's your chance to put on an absolute, like – pageant for all of these people that will be coming there next year show them what la is about how they're going to be treated like the beauty of living in southern california and you're worried about this this dude talking about not letting his son re-sign with the lakers unless you get his two poopy brothers who are over in lithuania like come on man like that's not a good look you've crossed the line with me and i i can have i can respect what he's done in the past and think it's not over the line in terms of building his brand and and trying to promote it and then feel like he's dropped the ball on this one. And he has dropped the ball on this one. No doubt about it. All right, I think we're going to have a quick one on this one. Like it, love it, or hate it. Spring training storylines. Pitchers and catchers report.
Love it. <laughs> you ready to break it down? Love it. The AL East race for all, the pennant? All I know is there's a Cactus League and a Grapefruit League, right? Yeah. Is there another league? I think that's it. For that's it. Training. I that know that. It. You're dialed in. <laughs> all right. Lots to get. Eight, eight. All these guys come in. Pilates changed his, you know, changed his body. Okay. Or anything else. What is, I explain, love it. Explain. He's a family man. Brings his kids to the clubhouse. That's I love baseball. Okay. I like. I I like it how like everything slows down in the sports world a little bit, and I enjoy that. All right. I don't go. know what I'm gonna do now. I don't have a Marlins. Do you go? Team do you go up to like where is it? Stewart or is it oh, like Montevideo? Melbourne, isn't it? I, oh, I mean, Jupiter. I, like at Jupiter, that's Jupiter. where the Marlins would do oh, spring Jupiter. training, okay. so I would always like volunteer right, to go. On. We're going to do more baseball talk in our topics, so oh, we'll get nice. to that. I really have nothing else to say. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, how about the, uh, the Genesis Open? Uh, Thursday, Friday pairing, Tiger Woods, Roy McElroy, and our boy Justin Thomas. Like it, love it, hate it. I how love can, it. How can you even have hate it as like, an option? Yeah, love right? It. That's not even a question. And I can't wait to see Tiger because he, he did have a really impressive performance first uh, run out this one. So changed out some, changed out some equipment, they said. Yup. So oh, I love God. it too. All right. Let's get to here's what's happening with Hannah. All right, guys. Revitalize seems like an appropriate word to describe the remodeled Cavaliers. Cleveland's 120 to 112 winners, 112 winners over the Thunder in OKC on Tuesday with LeBron James dropping 37, 8, and 8. The new additions of George Hill, Jordan Clarkson, Rodney Hood, and Larry Nance responsible for 48 points as the Cavs win their second straight with this new cast and fourth straight overall. The Thunder did have Russell Westbrook and Carmelo Anthony back in the lineup after respective two game absences. You wait, be quiet for a second. You got you hear that? What is it? Yeah, it's the Cavs coming, buddy. Oh, they're on their way. They're, they're on their way. They're coming. Hey, look that that uh. No, I'm just joking. But <laughs> they look they look good again. Um, the ball was moving. It's been a long time since I've seen LeBron play the way he played when he came into his career. Where there's a clear, there's not a number like there's not a one B. Mm-hmm. It's just him. And kind of roll guys around him. Granted, they're really good roll guys, but it was interesting to watch him play like that last night. He shot a lot of shots, shot a lot of crazy shots, like seven feet behind the three point line. I haven't seen him do that. It was really interesting to watch. Um, they look like they're trying to play at this breakneck pace. And you saw Rodney Hood at one point asked to come out of the game. You have to practice at a breakneck pace to play at a breakneck pace. And this would be the only thing that, 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 that I could see holding them back a little bit is they don't like to practice a lot. It's late in the season. You do that work early in the season. Can you get into that type of pace and play with the remaining games on the schedule so that by the time the playoffs roll around, they could have this new look offense? Yeah, I think the Cavs have played at a high, they played at a high pace already. So that helps. It's not like they're reinventing, like going from one of the lowest but the paces, new dudes. the new dudes who haven't played like that. It's going to take a little bit of commitment in the, in the, in the off hours. You're just going to have to get acclimated to running and playing like that. And not for nothing, it's faster than LeBron and them have played too. So um, it just t- it takes a while. That's all I'll say to that. I thought going to Phoenix, like running and gunning was just going to be simple. It's the way everybody likes to play. Until you start running and gunning, you're like, Jesus, like I'm not, sh- I'm not in shape for this. It's a commitment to practice like that, um, play like that. And so th- that could be an issue, but it looks good. I like the way they're built. They're much better today than they were a week ago. What we assumed as a lock now, not so much. The Rockets threatening the Warriors' stronghold on home court advantage in the playoffs. Houston pulling within a half game of Golden State and first place in the West following a convincing 126-108 to victory over the T-Wolves. The Warriors are bored. Um, <laughs> they are. They're a little bored. It's been how many years they've been in the finals now? Is that This will be the fourth if they go. Um, those are long seasons, man, all the way into June, turning it right back around early September like and getting back to tra- like training camp. Uh, don't know that the Rockets get over the hump, but if there's anybody, like they're built to score with Golden State, they can do it. We're getting to know the pieces of the Giants' offensive coaching staff, even if we don't yet know the offensive pieces on the field for the G-Men next season. Yesterday, New York hiring Mike Shula as their offensive coordinator, who will also serve as the quarterback's coach to maybe Eli or any number of rookie signal callers. Shula, previously the OC for the Panthers from 2013 to 2017. This got skewered by the New York media and and the Charlotte media from before. I don't think it's a horrible hire for a couple of reasons. One, Pat Shermer is going to be the play caller, much like we talked about Doug Peterson. It's going to be his offense that he's implementing into this system. And it wasn't that long ago he actually did take Cam Newton in that Carolina offense to the Super Bowl. So I think let it play out and uh, see how it goes. But I don't think it's the worst hire. I don't love it. I don't hate it. <laughs> if we were doing like it, love it. I like it. I don't love it. 
Derek Johnson, a Kansas City staple, won't play for Kansas City next season. The Chiefs planning to part ways with a 13-year vet and former All-Pro linebacker. Johnson says he does intend to play for a few more years. I wish the guy. I always wish the guy could finish out his career in the squad. You don't see it happen very much, and he's the caliber of player that deserves it. But unfortunately, salary cap, salary cap era. You just can't see it happen. Teams want to play guys cheap, and they won't won't do it. Won't stick around. All right, let's do it. We got a new segment, Debo. Yeah. What do you? So we're calling it what? Culture. We're gonna break it up. All right. So we're calling see, it culture. See what the people think. All right. Culture. So, <laughs> what do you got for us? This culture. is when sports and pop culture collide. collide. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, so you guys are both a little bit older than Tom Brady, yet I'd argue <laughs> still pretty tapped into culture, probably more so than Tom Brady. But quiz time and. For our bosses, I saw this on the CBS Sports website, so I thought it was cool to roll with here. So Odell Beckham Jr. posted an Instagram picture with a caption from a Lil Wayne song saying, Quarterback Wheezy, young Tom Brady, open your mouth. And then Brady finished it in a caption, can you finish the lyric? <laughs> I hated that he did this. I saw this. <laughs> this was this was a t- this was terrible. <laughs> Quarterback Wheezy, young Tom Brady, open your mouth and <laughs> not even a chance, bro. Nope. Don't even do it. No, it's not you even working. Can I say it? Yeah, you can catch say a it. bomb, baby. So any chance Tom knew because his name was in this song, I know. <laughs> no or did he look it up? Because it's like him, like if your name was referenced in a Lil Wayne song, yeah. would you know it? Or do you think he still had to look it up? He had to look that he up. Ha- he definitely looked it up. I don't know look why up Lil Wayne. He, you know, like the worst people in society comment on like stuff on Instagram. So I hate it. <laughs> Where I'm continuing this segment. Unless I hate you're this. tagging. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think somebody told him. Don't you? Somebody informed him. Just like why he hasn't said anything. What's the Wayne lyric? Is it "Catch a Bomb, Baby"? Yeah, that's the Wayne lyric. That like finishes it. Yeah, yeah. Quarterback Wheezy, Young Tom Brady. (laughs) Somebody told him. Also, Lil Wayne sucks. Catch a a Bomb, Baby. It's like been a minute since he's come out with anything good, right? Disagree. Okay. Um, So, anyways, (laughs) he doesn't suck. He's just follow us on Instagram. Oh yeah, we have a new account just opened, right? At Canel and Bell, same as our Twitter. New Instagram, follow us on there. We're, We're going to try to get our numbers up there. I'm yeah. active on the gram. Yeah. I am on the gram. So we'll get Raj on there too. But you're private, so don't open it up to the nope. haters. I know. It's not even yeah, you to say that. <laughs> <laughs> he just wants to be I, active on some sort of social we'll media. post crazy Wayne li- rap lyrics on our Instagram. I would have so, thought that that was the, li- the next line, though. I would have went, went with something else. Like, oh. But anyway, <laughs> another podcast. All right. A collection of NBA stars continue to make moves off the court and in the entertainment field. So, couple here. LeBron James and Spring Hill Entertainment sent to produce a new house party movie. Danny, mm-hmm. I know you tried to get hair like that yes. back in your like high school days. Yep, the high fade. So, Kyrie Irving's Uncle Drew movie is set for a June 29th release about a week after the finals. Kevin Love's character, not in the film, his former teammate. And Silicon Valley dominance continues for Kevin Durant. Apple set to create a show based on Katie's life called Swagger. It's going to be a scripted drama from the producer of Friday Night Lights that will follow AAU kids in Washington, D.C. What are you most likely to watch? Anything. House Party from remake. Friday Night Lights. Do you guys, have you guys seen the original House Party with Kid and Play? What? Yeah. No, I'm talking to these guys. Oh. I know you have. Oh. Hannah hasn't. See? I'm telling you. Like, all three of them. You've seen it, right? Yeah. Okay. There were three. I didn't know. I did not know there were three. I think that one is the one that I would tune into. And LeBron has done movies. I think his have the and shows Showtime. He's got players only or whatever it's called. Isn't that what it's, what's it called? I mean, what's he's it? got his uninterrupted network. Is that? What, but he also had the show about the basketball player, didn't he? Wasn't he a producer of that one? We'll have to get that on the on Twitter. We'll, we'll post that to our Twitter and Instagram page at Canel and Bell. I think that's the one. I, I think KD's documentary could be interesting. Yeah. Um, so we'll have to see Friday how they Night play. Lights. I'm so on board for that. It's Anything not even. That's like that. It's if, not, if, if it's anything lights, like that, yeah, it'd be if cool. it's any good. So right. None of them are going to compare to Uncle Drew movie, though. No, I have. Yeah, yeah that's true. Right. Fantastic segment there, uh, Debo, on culture. Uh, what about <laughs> – so you referenced something, too. I wanted to get to this because the Golden State Warriors, you mentioned that they're bored. Yeah. So Steve Kerr did something the other night that kind of stirred things up for them. I think it was designed specifically to kind of shake the card a little bit, say, hey, let me get my players more involved. He let his players coach. In a game, but it was also, it was much more calculated than that because you also had guys were running walkthrough throughout the day. Uh, you had them run film session. Uh, but during the game, there was a little bit of conversation that this was disrespectful to the other squad. Did you have any problem with no, it? No. Did you it. like it? I loved it. You did? I did. Um, for a number of reasons, there are a lot of guys that want to be coaches. 
Uh, and to get that experience, typically you have to go to like, I went to the MBPA top 100 camp and it was, there was a coaching clinic attached. So the top 100 kids were there. We went through a coaching clinic with Brendan Soar, me, Luke Walton, Eduardo Nahara, uh, Steve Blake, a lot of young aspiring coaches. And even doing that and coaching those kids, that's not real NBA game experience. You're, you're presenting like, you're presenting a scouting report to other aspiring coaches, not the guys in the locker room. So to get that experience, like, like live in NBA setting, I think it's fantastic that he gave them the opportunity to do that. I, I don't see it as being respectable. I mean, um, disrespectful. disrespectful. I think that you probably feel disrespected because you feel some kind of way, like you're a little self-conscious about the season you're having if you're the Suns, so you feel that way. Otherwise, no, dude. Like, it's just them doing something in-house that lightens things up, freshens things up, gives people a chance to maybe try something that they'd want to try in their next in their next uh, professional life. I thought it was great. When they have coaches mic'd up when you're watching on TNT or whatever, and you're watching them during timeouts, a lot of times I'll watch them and be like, Eh, that wasn't really enlightening. That really didn't do anything for me. When I watch Steve Kerr coach a game, yeah. I love watching it because I think it is insightful, and I think he approaches things like a former player. Yeah. And I think he's willing to do things like this that are outside the box that are very relatable, that make him more appealing, and that his team will respond to. So I think his players got enthusiastic in a season where they might get bored because they know they're going to win. It's something to shake it up a little bit. I think it was a genius move. I actually, And I think there are a lot of coaches who wouldn't do it because it would make them look expendable, and they'd be sensitive about that, and they wouldn't want to do it. And Steve Kerr is very secure yeah. in everything he does. Now, Steve is real cool. real. <laughs> like He's the definition, I think, of a player's coach. Absolutely. On the forefront of, of like, of, of, of finding new and cool things to keep people engaged and, and not take himself too seriously. You know, Pop's really good at that too. Like, I don't know that Pop would hand over the keys to like coaching, but really cool about like, just look, like self-deprecating. I don't take myself too serious. Like, this is about you guys and, and you guys playing at your, at your optimum level. Yes, I'm here and I do my job, but whatever it takes for you guys to be, you know, Sharp as a knife is what we're trying to do. And I, and I, I applaud all coaches for, for looking for those little ways to do that with, with their team. All right. So there's some baseball news for you, Raja. You ready for this? Yeah. 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 Chase Utley. What? Is expected to return to the Dodgers. You know why? Not, like not Philly? for, not for a little hit and run or a little, you know, uh, to move a guy over or yeah. you know, to get a lot of production, but as a locker room clubhouse presence, presence okay. in there. Uh, how important do you think that is inside of a, a locker room or a clubhouse? I think it's really important in NBA locker rooms. I can't speak to baseball c- clubhouses because they're really big, right? There are a lot of guys going. Are they? Are they? Yeah, they're not that big. They're Twenty-five big. man rosters. Yeah, uh, it's not that big. It's not big as football. So right. maybe not football. Maybe is more of what I don't know about. Um, but yeah, I could see where that would be a good thing. Like when you've got guys championing your cause, like and you're the front office and you're the coach and you have you have your guy in that locker room who's got your back. Who when when someone is like, hey man, I don't know about that. He's like, man, get out of here, bro. Like this is. Let me tell you why this is gonna work. Like this is that goes a long way. When you have just the opposite, <laughs> that goes a long way in the opposite direction, and it could really tear down, you know, the infrastructure of what you're trying to build there. So I think it's important, especially if you got a young roster. I, I, I admittedly don't know the Dodgers roster. Right. I don't know how immature they are. They're they have a bunch of veterans, but I think when when we just did the segment on culture, I think locker room clubhouse culture. Is one of the most important things yeah, you can have because you can get some guys who are a cancer within there, and it can tear apart things. If you have little clicks, it can tear apart the team. When you face adversity, like it's important for a bunch of things. One for work ethic, a guy who gets dialed in. One to have some fun. Yep. Like sometimes you get people forget. Like it's still a sport. Like sure. hey, we're playing a game. Um, and also it's to get the coach's message throughout the locker room, throughout the team. Yeah. And if you don't have those pieces in place, there's just not a cohesion. And I know it's cliche to say that, but you want a team that's tight-knit. And even in a football locker room where there's 53 guys plus the practice squad, you need to have some guys that are kind of glue guys that bring everybody together and know how to get everyone on the same page. I agree 100%. Uh, Kobe Altman, general manager of the Cavs, used to have this this phrase. He was like, you're either a fountain or a drain. I'm pretty sure that's what he said. Like, it, 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 no, but I don't know if that's verbatim. I don't know if that's verbatim, but it was essentially that you're either you're either feeding or, or draining, draining. Yeah. right? And so, when, if you have someone in your locker room that is that is that is feeding energy, is feeding positivity and vibes and messages, like it can be nothing but good. Do you think there ever becomes a point? Because at sometimes, at some point in a career, a guy like Chase Utley, you might not get very much production out of him. Is it worth it to take a roster spot to have a presence? 
Because that's uh, the debate I think that is made. We can translate this to basketball too. Dwayne Wade still has some production in him, but maybe more of a locker room sure. guy at this point in well, his like career. Kevin Garnett. I mean, Remember when he went back to Minnesota, they absolutely. said we're bringing him back specifically because of who he is and what he brings. On that heat roster, Udonis Haslam doesn't yeah. really play, but he's just the guy. He's yeah. the guy. I think he's the face of the heat too. <laughs> it's where you are as a franchise and what, you, what, like if you're an injured team in the NBA and, yeah, you, you, and you need that roster spot, then it's not worth it to keep a guy like that. But if you've got the space – um, to house that, then I think it's really it's it's really important. All right, so Debo's forcing us into this. Right. No, oh, you're not. So we're dropping it. Valentine's Day gift to you guys. Oh, what? all right. So no top five this week. I, I think I we would do like it if there's know. a good top five. But uh, this week I we're would like slow. to know. Did you have specific examples of locker room presences in your career that really stood out to you? Um, locker room presences. I would I would say that you were probably a really good locker room presence. I was until I wasn't. <laughs> Until like a Ty Corbin yeah. lost you, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I was just the opposite in in Utah, and it, like in my last in my last stint in Utah, and everywhere else, I was a great locker room presence. Like I was a guy that people like to be around, and Steve Nash was that. I was uh, gonna say early on in Philly, Dallas, who were the guys? Philly and Dallas, uh, like Mike Finley, Nick Van Exel, Walt Williams, Steve Nash. They kind of drove the culture there in in, in Dallas, and in Philly, it would have been Aaron McKee, probably. Um, you know, Allen a little bit, Matt Geiger, um, those type of guys were the ones that were, Dikembe Matumbo was great. Um, yeah, and then when I got to, when I got to Utah, uh, we were a really young team. We had like Carlos Boozer, myself, Mehmet Okor, Andre Karolinko. So we all kind of drove it. And then, you know, I've experienced both. Again, when, when Ty Corbin and I got sideways, like I was that dude who was like, ugh. I would say, so I feel like I was one of those guys at the end of my career, but I think it kind of hurt me. Yeah. Because I was, Really good for the quarterback room. Jake Plummer was one of my best friends. He was in my wedding. He was the starter. I was his backup. And I was okay being a backup. Like, I wasn't, you know, I didn't have this dying desire to start. I was like, if I have to play, I'm ready to go. And if I thought that would have been a great opportunity. But I was like, you know what? I'm happy if he's winning. If we're winning, I'm good being a backup. Not getting pounded, making decent money. And I don't think the team liked that. Even though I was good with the offense, like, I was a good locker room guy. Early in my career, I was a bad locker. Like, I, I didn't have the work ethic. I didn't know any better. So right. I just kind of showed up. I wasn't a guy with a chip on my shoulder. I was good, like fun, but I, I wasn't providing much as far as that goes. But later in my career, I was an extra set of eyes. I was a coach on you the sideline. Yes, I was a fountain the feeding fountain. to the culture of the locker room, yes. but it got me cut. <laughs> so <laughs> it, didn't do me all that. it didn't do me that much good uh, when you looked at overall value. I got a question uh, what for I brought. you. I yeah. got a piece of trivia for everyone who's seen House Party. Um, <laughs> who played the character Bilal? Bilal. Oh, jeez. House Party. Uh, it's been a while. It's been a minute. It's a good one, right? I don't know. Wait, is this? Who was Bilal? I don't even know. I don't even he know the D, characters. He was a DJ. He was their buddy. He he was a DJ. Who was it? Martin Lawrence. Oh, it was Bilal. He Martin Lawrence was Earl in House Martin Party. Lawrence. Look it up. That was early. That might have been his first role, right? Probably. Yeah. Martin Lawrence. Yeah. Oh yeah, Martin Lawrence. Yeah. <laughs> Skinny Martin Lawrence. All right, keep what do we got for uh, what do we got for topics? We'll get back to top five when we have a legit topic, a, a good top five. Absolutely. For you. All right, Hannah, the Marlins race is dead, just I like the know. rest of the team. It's your thoughts? So sad. Did you guys see this? <laughs> yes. I was so I had like one reason left to attend a Marlins game. <laughs> Don't one say reason. That. Don't and say that was, out loud. Why? Because it's the cheesiest, dumbest thing that they knocked off from the Nationals. It's Wait, listen, dumb. I, Derek Jeter is taking all cheesiness out of the Marlins. Derek I love Jeter, it. I agree. I, I've turned my opinion around on Derek Jeter. <laughs> I kind of think he's a hero now. I see what he's doing for the city of Miami. But I'm just going to say, to be honest, if he gets rid of that home run sculpture, that's it. I'm no, that needs in. to go, too. No, that, that thing is so cool. out of there. No, I, I, I like the obnoxiousness with the Marlins Park theme. Like, I like, I like all the energy. <laughs> that, that home run thing, like, I mean, I, the mascot is the sculpture oh, gone talk. by all-star break yes no. no guys i'm telling you like i would be in the back like getting popcorn or something and that would happen and i would stop Thing and like is, run to the front it, to watch the mascot go run. does it just get destroyed or does somebody buy it and relocate it to a park it's definitely gonna be the at West, my house Westwood or whatever it is the art district what's what's it called Winwood. Down in Miami? Winwood, whatever Goodness. it is down in miami i'm gonna That's bring where it, it needs to be re- re- relocated to all right what, what do we got some drug deals going down yeah we call this segment that's a lot of cocaine. Uh, former MLB pitcher and all-star Esteban Luiza busted with over 20 kilos of cocaine. I don't even know what that That's is. really all I got. My measuring stick is not great for that, but it seems like a lot. I read online they said it was a half a million dollars worth. 
That's what I read online. I don't know. It sounded like more sounds of that. Like a Twenty giant kilos waste sounds of money. like a money. recreational use. No. I think this is the how well do you? Know. <laughs> I think this is one of those ones where how well do you know your teammate? I wonder if every one of his former teammates is like, oh yeah, that's that guy, no doubt. or if they were like, what? There's yeah. no way. My guess is they probably all knew. Like two yeah. weeks ago, he was pictured at a White Sox alumni event. And that's like well, circulating now. I don't know. Maybe they were totally caught off that's guard. That's insane. All that's right. Crazy. If 2K doesn't work, then virtual reality, the next option. Uh, Raja kind of mentioned this the other day, but yeah. Mark, Markel Foltz's jumper worse than Hannah's <laughs> at this uh, point. It's completely broken. The former number one overall pick explored virtual reality as kind of a way to help that shot. He's not shooting outside of the paint right now. He even airballed a shot inside the paint the other day. Raja, you mentioned something about this the other day. Yeah, virtual reality is a it's cutting edge type of tool in terms of like these positions that you can put people in and they've got to make decisions and read. So specifically quarterback, uh, point guard, stuff like that. But I haven't heard it used for a shot. <laughs> Here's what I'll say, and I've said it before. This is this is awful. <laughs> I feel I feel terrible for Philly. I feel terrible for the kid. When it is to that point, a shot is a natural thing. I talked to my son about this when we're shooting the ball. And, you know, he over, it's shots are natural. Like you can, you want to have a certain type of form in a range, but within that range, it's a natural movement. It should be something that flows from you. It shouldn't be something forced. And when you are that in your own head about a shot, a golf swing, like throwing a football, you're not going to be able to do it. You're just not. You are broken as it pertains to that specific skill. If you've got to be doing virtual reality for your damn jump shot and you can't shoot outside of the paint as a friggin' guard and you're airballing from inside the paint, God bless you. I feel awful. Here's the craziest thing about it is that when you watch film of him at Washington and earlier in his career, he looked like he had a normal shot. That's the scary part. That's your your mental is gone. Right. You've lost it. I don't, I don't know what you do there. I would be willing to try anything. So I think good luck to you trying virtual reality. I don't know if he ever finds it because it is such a mental block that's there. Muscle memory. How do you get it back? I feel bad that we all talk about it. Right. Because that's making it worse. Every shot he shoots, every virtual reality, like every virtual reality rep he takes is further in his mind, like locking him down. He needs to step away. Like refresh, let, like go, go, go build, a, go build a cabin somewhere <laughs> yeah. and like fish. Yeah. Like don't worry about your shot and shoot him basketballs. And as, I swear, every single person that comes to him, I, I had a, my shot was hurting for a while in the NBA. It was hurting, like, but it was all mental. It was all confidence. I didn't forget how to shoot, but every coach that came up to me with, with great intentions that said to me, Hey, look, just try this. Oh, and then Debo, Hey, no, try this. Yeah. Hey, try this. It just further exacerbated my own like mental hiccup about what was happening with my shot. You got to get away from it, dude. Hit the reset button. Joel Embiid saying on an interview the other day that the people around him aren't necessarily hyping, helping him either, which yeah, hurts the situation yeah. even more. All right, so this one, basically a story of the transition of J.R. Smith transitioning from Henny at halftime oh, a word. to a different kind of alcohol. At so, halftime? <laughs> in the old days. Oh, no, all right. Um, Ron Artest, too. ESPN posted this expose called Wine Society about the love affair between NBA stars and Vino. So, guys, I don't think it was wine, but what was the drink of choice in your days amongst the team? Was it Was it wine? No, it definitely wasn't. <laughs> I mean, we had dudes. Uh, it depended on the drink of choice. There was Grey Goose. The guys were sneaking on bottles on the team planes. There was Crown. There was Henny. Clinton like, Portis. Yeah, my man CP. Um, so you were you were doing whatever you could. I mean, yeah. it was bottles that you, you were sneaking on planes. There were no. <laughs> there were no like fine Bordeaux. Yeah, that, that were being snuck on the team plane. We had a, we were wine. I mean, Early in our career, it wasn't wine. It was like, you know, guys, were, I like beer. So we drank a lot of beer, uh, Guinness, stuff like that. But, but like, I've always liked scotch and, and, and wine. So as we got older, probably in, towards the end of our Phoenix, 2006 or so, that, that was the beginning of Phoenix. But like by 07, we were drinking wine on the plane. Like it was wine and we go out for meals and have wine. So like I was blessed. I didn't, early in our career it was more hardcore stuff. But as I got to like year seven, six, seven, eight, we, we transitioned into 
into more finer spirits. Two things on this. I think one, it's just another way NBA players can find they can spend a lot of money. Like, cause <laughs> they have so much money and they can say, they, they can get into it, they can collect it, they can show it off. Right. Look at it. And LeBron loves posting pictures of the wines. Of his wine sellers. Yeah. The other thing is, I think <laughs> it is way easier and better for you to recover. Like, if you have a really good bottle of wine, you don't feel it the next day as opposed to if you had, you know, shots of Grey Goose oh, or, so or vodka or tequila, whatever it is. So I think that's another reason why some of them are drinking it during the season because it's you can recover from right. it. Right. Ra- to- Raj, you ever drink wine with Pop? He's like the godfather of yeah. wine in no, the NBA. I never got to drink a bottle with Pop. I got cut before I could get to know Pop like that. <laughs> so, I got a podcast whatever. segment. We should take our show on the road and have like a wine tasting, tasting? session with Pop and do a podcast live while we're doing and- it. Bam! Let's do this. I've like never and not been see hungover. after Hannah drinks it if she can dunk a basketball. Because <laughs> yeah, alcohol. Let's you know, do it. Yeah, yeah. That's right. What about, what about, like, if we, I don't know if we're international yet. My buddy Boris Diao. <laughs> Listen to this real quick. Yeah. Yesterday we got a tweet from a listener in Italy. <laughs> yeah. Word. Really? Awesome. In Italian. Uh, I didn't know how to, that. You had, you had to, to click translate yeah. from Italian to English. Yeah. It was That's awesome. Shout out to that listener. That's fantastic. Yeah, for sure. I don't know. It was in what Italian. Do you say? <laughs> <laughs> like, come exactly. on, guys. But anyway, Boris Diaw is in, back in Bordeaux. Like, that's where he's from. He's really? from Bordeaux. And, and he owes me a case of wine anyway. But I think he's back at home playing for a French team that he may co-own. So if we're going to take this wine tasting on the road. Yeah, if we're going to take like, this seriously, then let's, let's hit go. pop. And then we'll, we'll pop over to France for a few I am all about that life. <laughs> all right. Our final topic of the day. So Chris Long, he's a legend. Back-to-back Super Bowl champ. Donated his entire 2017 salary to charity. And in a couple of days, he's set to climb Mount Kilimanjaro for the third time to raise awareness for clean water crises in Africa. But he's got a whole group coming with him. Vince Young is set to join Long, and I'm nervous about Vince. Maybe. Really? <laughs> I love this. I think it's kind of cool that Chris Long is reaching out across the league. getting Vince, Vince Young just him. hasn't been in the best shape in the past couple of years, <laughs> if you've seen pictures of him. Yes. Yeah. He was up there pushing But a pretty bills. cool thing from Long. No, it's really cool. And he's done a lot to create awareness. Uh, he's got his own foundation, which for a long time he's done to uh, for water. Uh, in Africa, so good for him for doing that. Just another so story. Cool. What's been a great season for him? Would you ever hey, go? This is a good example of good things happen to good people. Like he's had a lot of success recently, and he's doing things. I would love to try it, but man, I don't think I think it would be really, really hard. Like uh, I think you'd have to train. My best friend climbed it uh, with the American Cancer Society. I mean, I'm sorry, with the U.S. Olympic Committee. Uh, was it probably five years ago? And he said it was just brutal. Yeah. I mean, it was an amazing experience, but he said it was brutal. Yeah. So good for Chris Long for doing that. Maybe we'll do a podcast from the top of Mount Kilimanjaro one day. I could do it. We just love throwing around these crazy pod ideas that will never happen. Uh, but maybe Oh, no, they they're happening. All right, good. I like we the We are optimism. going on the road. All right, that is it. Happy Valentine's Day to everyone, whether you're single or married. I hope you have a fantastic day. And uh, enjoy. All right, make sure you check us out. New on Instagram, at Canel and Bell. We're also on Twitter, as you know, at Canel and Bell. No matter where you are in the world, go ahead and shout us out. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. You can check us out at Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud. And as always, make sure you leave us a five-star review on the iTunes page and ask us questions about anything you want. We will answer them on our five-star Q&A on Friday. Have a good one.